0: try to discover a little something to make me sweeter.
1: Oh, baby, refrain. Love this song. Welcome back to Saturday Show. Alex bringing us My in with the hits. Heart. By the way, follow him on Twitter if you want to watch some ska music tonight. He'll get you the information. Um, Hey, a quick technical foul on the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Uh, it's been up for 19 minutes. This is on their official Twitter page.
0: So they haven't taken it down. It said thank yeah. you to
1: Jimmy Butler thing. Okay. But it says thank you, Jimmy Butter. Uh oh. And they haven't noticed for twenty minutes that they misspelled his name.
0: And I'm sure multiple people in the replies are like, Oh, hey, you spelled it wrong. B U T E R. <laughs> Buter? Buter. Buter. Still up. Twenty minutes. Okay. So somebody,
1: whoever their social media person is, just hit it, hit send and then went out to lunch.
0: Or somebody's watching a game at Summer League or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, but, wait, so, but we'll see. What so did the Jazz end up winning, I thought? They yes, were so up the Jazz big. get the victory.
1: Okay. Um Let me fill up their box score here as Jake tells you about. Um, this uh, is good radio, Jake.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we. right. We, I've got it. Okay, you got I it. I got right. it.
1: Uh, the Jazz, they get the victory 78-66 over okay. the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Tony Bradley, 19 points, 14 rebounds. Had uh, five turnovers, though, so needs to work on that a little bit. Uh, Mie Oni, who started a little, didn't start very well in summer league, has uh, 14 points, went four for five from downtown. He's intriguing. Justin Wright Foreman, uh, a very inefficient 14 points, three of 14 from the field. <laughs> Gunning. Uh, one of five from down t- downtown, but uh, seven for eight from the free throw line, so he was able to get to the line. But t- okay. 14 shots, only hit three of them. All right. Uh, so not Tough one for him there, Isaiah Cousins uh, Cousins with 12 points off the bench. Sweet. Well, I think that was a good showing. Right now, uh, Atlanta taking on Milwaukee, former Uh BYU player Elijah Bryant in action for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that is what we call a segue in the business, Jake. To BYU basketball. To BYU basketball, because you found some interesting quotes from uh, Dave Rose. Yeah. with uh, Was it Jay Drew? Yeah, Jay
0: Drew caught up with Dave Rose uh, recently. I don't know how recently. So it's been three months uh, since Dave Rose stepped down from his job as BYU men's basketball coach. He sat down for a half-hour interview with the Salt Lake Tribune last week, and he talked a lot about his career, stepping aside, all the different things. There are a few interesting quotes I wanted to run by you here, Adrian, and kind of get your thoughts on this. Um Uh, First things, he said he, quote, has, quote, no regrets whatsoever, unquote, about the decision to call it a day and a career leaving BYU. Uh, A lot of people out there saying that he was doing so under pressure in some some people's minds. Some people thought he had more in the tank. I think that it's nice to hear him say, Hey, he's ready to step aside. We've had him on air. He came in for three hours with, with PK, or two hours with PK, uh, about a month and a half ago. And you can go back and listen to all those segments. And he made similar comments that he's he's totally at peace with it. And I have to say though, looking at him when he came in to talk with PK, he was as relaxed as I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, I
1: saw him after a jazz game once. He had his take note shirt on and yeah. uh it was during a playoff game. I'm just I so that's good. It's good to have. Um, if you're a head coach, mm-hmm. if you've been doing it for how many years? Did Dave Rose coach? 22 in, years at 20, BYU. 22 years at BYU alone. Played college basketball. Mm-hmm. We always hear about. We were just talking about Larry Brown, who's on the sidelines. Yeah, for uh, this NBA summer league, and how some of these guys, they're lifers. They just they they don't know what to do with themselves after they leave the game, so they stay in the game.
0: That's the thing. Like Larry Brown is a guy who very much I think would be totally content. Passing away on the sidelines of an NBA. <laughs> right, I think you might be right
1: about that. But it's and just that's who he is. He's it's just f- different guys, and yeah. it sounds like Dave. If you're at peace with leaving the career, then uh-huh. good for you, man.
0: I think Dave's got he's got all kinds of things going on. Of course, he had that cancer scare a decade ago. I think that, and it's been a year to year thing. He gets checked every. Few, I think it's two times a year. By up at the Hensman Cancer Institute to make sure that it's not coming back. And I think that he, he said it when he retired that I, I've been living on borrowed time for well on a decade at this point. And I think he I think he has his priorities and says, guess what? I had a good run here. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on. So I, I can't blame him on that. All right. So I, that's one thing. He says, no regrets whatsoever for stepping aside. Other quotes here uh, from this interview that I wanted to run by you. Um, let's see. One. okay, here we go. On what he and Pope talked about before Pope accepted the job. Of course, Mark Pope took over as Dave Rose's as his replacement after a good run at UVU was a former assistant for Dave Rose. And the, the quote here. I think most of that conversation was just about the way I feel that BYU had changed over the years. You have to keep your guys. You have to figure out a way to keep those guys. You know, they get married, and their wives get anxious, and they want to leave, and their wives don't like their husbands being evaluated publicly. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a very interesting quote. Isn't that new? Have you heard
1: that before?
0: Okay. I've I know not just
1: basketball but football. Well, and I like that.
0: know that family members of players, football, basketball, doesn't matter what sport. When they're on Twitter and people are ripping them, there are many parents out there who will go into overprotective mama and papa bear mode that want to protect their son, or if it's a spouse or whatever, they want to protect them. It's tough to balance that though, mm-hmm. because you're it, and I,
1: that's a natural emotion too. It if is. you see someone close to you getting blasted on Twitter for not being able to hit a shot, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not easy. But I've never really heard any coach or someone talk about it. Exactly.
0: That that's very interesting to me. They, they want to leave, and their wives don't like their husbands being evaluated publicly. Hmm. Okay, you guys know me, Alex, Adrian. You guys know I cover BYU very heavily for this station. Yes, I, you do. I, I can speak a little bit to the dynamic of this at BYU because BYU fans, to their credit, they are all in. With the Cougars. They are rabid fans. And there are times that the public evaluation on social media, in the media, et cetera, can cross a line. I, I, I freely admit that. But there are other times that I feel like public criticism or critiquing is warranted that the people that are the family members, the spouses... See that as being across the line, and it's very much not across the line. So this is very interesting. It's a line here. I, I agree with you. I haven't ever heard anybody really acknowledges publicly, but it's very interesting to hear him say that. So I wonder what he what he had happen that makes him want to sound off on. Yeah, it.
1: and where do the wives want them to go? Transfer or just leave foot or leave basketball forever? Get paid. Get go paid. professional. Get
0: paid. Mm. Well, it's it's a culture thing, and I understand these these are guys that they have aspirations of playing professionally, as
1: most college as mo- athletes do. Exactly,
0: yeah. absolutely. So I can't blame them. But that's interesting. You have to keep your guys. You have to figure out a way to keep those guys there. Because he's essentially saying, when these guys get married, and it's he's not, I think, pinning it straight on them getting married. Because like you said, most athletes, married, single, whatever, have aspirations of playing professionally, getting paid to play this sport. But I think he's saying that when these guys get married, particularly at BYU here, it adds, adds a whole nother element of, hey, I've got to support a family. Yeah, there's
1: a little pressure added. Maybe, you, I yeah. should,
0: maybe I should make this jump now and start making that money. Because mm-hmm. the guy that you just talked about, Elijah Bryant, he left with a year remaining of eligibility. Eric Mika. Eric Mika, who's playing for the Sacramento Kings in, in Summer League, left with two years of eligibility. Yoli Childs was going to leave, and to Mark Pope's credit, he dragged him back and got him to come back for a senior year. So Mark Pope, I think, took this to heart, and he said, you got to figure out a way. Hmm. I don't know what Mark Pope did to get Yoli Childs back, because I was told the day before Yoli, the rumors came out, and his announcement and everything, that he was gone, gone, gone. No chance whatsoever he's coming back. Yeah. So it's a credit to Mark Pope for fin- for getting him to come back. Okay. And then one other quote here. Uh, let me find this. I apologize. Yeah, this is great radio. I should have had this teed <laughs> up already. <laughs>
1: That's okay. Okay. Um, I, I did Great. that to you earlier.
0: I know, but I had one other quote here that was very interesting here. Okay, so uh, speaking of the Nick Emery situation, yeah, the question was asked on whether he regrets keeping Emery in the program after the guards' well-publicized missteps. Of course, put them under the NCAA, cro- NCAA crosshairs, had the vacation of 47 wins, they lost the scholarship for a year, they're on probation, all that stuff. Well, here was this quote. No, I'm okay with it. I don't think that'll be a real public part of my career. That was a very personal challenge challenge that I had as a coach to try to help that student athlete, that person. I have a great relationship with the family. Obviously, his brother Jackson Emery and I have been close forever, and I have known his mom and dad a long time. I just felt like it was a really good position to help Nick, not so much basketball-wise, but to help him find him again, find himself again from a really difficult spot. And I'll continue with this quote here in a minute. I can say that right there because Nick Emery has acknowledged that he tried to take his own life hmm. on his blog. He has a public blog. He said that he tried to commit suicide. He tried to take his own life. And I think part of it was due in part to some of the backlash he received as a result of what happened Mm -hmm. with the BYU situation. So credit to Dave Rose. He said, I didn't want to bring him back per se because he could help the basketball team. I was doing it to get him back as a person, to help him personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The thing with like, um, with the Emory thing, I appreciate that coach Rose maybe thought he was doing something for a guy who needed, yeah, who needed the help. Um, I can say as someone who had a similar experience in my life and going through mm-hmm. what Nick did that led up to a lot of stuff being public. Yeah. Where I, uh, when I when I had a relationship ended, yeah. um, I would not have to imagine being that going public and all that. Yeah. I can't imagine
0: that. Well, to have a vindictive family member try and ruin you
1: right. in the media. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that. And I had a hard enough time going through it behind in private you know what i mean so uh uh kudos to coach rose for saying oh this is something that i felt i needed to help a young man with yeah and not even on the basketball
0: court exactly it's nice to hear him say this was not it was not a pure basketball decision it was a no this guy needs he can't we can't cut him loose we don't know what will happen if we cut him loose
1: now the downside for coach rose is it does take away a lot of wins
0: yeah absolutely it did and he will lose – well, they're under appeal right now. We'll see yeah. what happens with the NCAA. I think it was – it's just me talking. I thought it was kind of ridiculous that Nick Emery lost you 47 wins. Right. I still think – Compared to some other stuff going on in this college. They're just so pick I think, and choose. I think the vacation of wins might be the dumbest penalty in yeah. sports. Yeah. Come on. These guys played this game. It happened. Yeah. The fact that Reggie Bush, the era of Reggie Bush at USC – Officially, I'm doing air quotes here, doesn't exist. Give me a break. Stop it. Uh, anyways, and then one other note here, and we'll get to, we got to get to Utah topic here in a minute. We're doing both sides of this. He says one other thing he talked about with uh, Coach Pope you have to find a way to fall in love with this university, is what he told him. Whether it's the student athletes, whether it's the university itself, whether it's whatever it is, find a way to fall in love with this university. I actually really like that. Because speaking to that a little bit, there is a lot of stuff you have to go through as a head coach at BYU, particularly if you're a head coach of the two major sports down there, speaking of football and men's basketball, the two big Mm -hmm. revenue generators. Because you're under a microscope from a church element, from a university element, and from a fan element. There are people that will disagree with you publicly in all three of those forums or privately in all three of those forums. And you have to deal with that on a nearly daily basis. There is another coach down there at BYU that wanted to go to a concert that was scheduled for, I believe it was a Friday night. The concert got rescheduled due to some things outside their control. I believe a member of the band that they were going to see got sick. Mm-hmm. The concert got rescheduled for a Sunday. This coach wanted to go to that concert, was planning on going to the concert. And his wife was like, you sure you should be doing that? <laughs> So he didn't go to the concert. Another coach from another program here locally was at the concert on a Sunday. Texts to the other coach from BYU and says, "Why aren't you here?" Well, it's a perception thing. Yep. Let's be real: if a BYU coach, fair or foul, were at a concert on a Sunday, and some fan was like, "Look, this coach is at this concert," there are going to be there's going to be a backlash that comes from it, and I don't think some coaches are willing to take that. And this coach didn't. Which
1: uh, I think he made the smart move. Now yes. we can agree or disagree with the premise and reasoning, but I think the logic was
0: sound and good for his wife for saying, you sure you want to do this? But it's, it's credit to to Dave Rose to tell Mark Pope, yeah. find something to fall in love with about this university. That's yeah. what's going to carry you through all this, all of the other stuff that surrounds this job, because you want to just coach basketball, but in reality you got to deal with all the stuff on the periphery over here find something to fall in love with so that carries you through all the other stuff you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, you got to find that because no one got the short end of the stick more with football going independent than BYU basketball.
0: Yeah. The
1: other programs are fine. The non the non-revenue sports are fine. Mm-hmm. You know, volleyball is going to get their chance in the NCAA tournament because they're going to be amazing, you know. All these other sports have a chance. Yes. BYU basketball has the they got the short end of the stick on that, and Mark Pope is going to realize how hard it is to compete with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Well, and, and I, there's you and I yeah. talked a couple of weeks ago about. I asked you straight up, why should I think this year is going to be any different than the last decade of in that conference? Mm-hmm. And you looked at me and said, "I don't know you should. because because you you believe they're going to be better, but are they going to be that much better? I and think that, that the conference w- is incredibly. Yeah, it is a hard place to compete because. The tournament is a closing off more spots for mm-hmm. power five power teams. five teams yep. that probably shouldn't be there. I mean, Minnesota. I'm a big Minnesota fan. Speaking of vacated wins that no one worries about, <laughs> Final Four. Hello, but anyway, <laughs> they are they get in as a 10 seed. Are you kidding me? Like you're right. But a lot of and and BYU struggled last year in general in that conference. So they did. Pope's got his work cut out for him. If he, if he can pull some miracle off, I would consider getting into the tournament a very it's a achievable goal, but lofty, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And if he can do that, maybe it changes my mind a little bit. But, yes, find something to love about that university.
0: Yeah, you've got to find something to pull you through. So I thought there were some very pointed yeah, comments are, that's some really interesting from stuff. Dave Rose. Go to sltrip.com. Great job. Credit to Jay Drew for getting Dave Rose to sit down on this. And like I said, we had Dave Rose in this, in. A house for two hours with PK about a month and a half ago. I'm gonna I'll tweet out the links to those. You can listen to the full two hours. He had some very candid comments in those as well. But good good job to Jay Drew as well.
1: Definitely, Jay uh, kills it as always he and does. Uh, good friend of the station and uh-huh. DJ and PK is on with them often. Yep. All right, coming up on the other side, let's get into some Utah football and we may hear from Eric Walden mm-hmm. who's down in Vegas. We'll see if he still is able to join us. Yep. But a major publication has Utah. In a very interesting place I want to t- uh, run it by Jake that's all coming up next here on the Saturday show.
0: sleeping through the evening singing dreams inside my head I'm heading out I've got some ends who say they care and they just might a run away with you if things don't go this plan planning big could be again this's a this Saturday
1: show here on the Volkforce Network Jake and I just outlighting each other right there. Well, I'm, I'm, each other. I'm
0: currently texting a number to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my bad.
1: <laughs> we may hear from Eric Walden here of the Salt Lake Tribune uh, very shortly as he is in Vegas for the summer league. Uh, he said he might be able to join us. We're going to see. Alex right. is just going to play some. Uh, he's going to just call him and see if he answers.
0: Told me 3:30 probably would work. He was just he was we were pl- kind of playing it by ear to see if the Jazz game was going to be over with because some of these summer league games can go over their allotted times.
1: Luckily, the ones here in Salt Lake were yeah they zipped by. That went pretty quick. Um, so hopefully, we'll get to hear from him. Jazz and NBA talk is always good this time of year. What also is never ending is um, college football. Jake
0: and I just got speak. You must know we were talking about him. I'm good to go whenever you guys need me. So there okay, we go. Okay, maybe
1: we'll talk. We'll tease this right here, and we'll talk about it after we chat with Eric here. Um, but Phil Steele has Utah, the University of Utah, as the eighth. A- Ranked team in the country behind LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, and uh, right right ahead of Notre Dame.
0: It's the and, highest. And Florida. I've seen a lot of people put in Utah top 15. This is the highest I've seen them ranked. So, a
1: so lot far. of, speaking of, we were talking expectations about the Jazz, that's a lot of expectations on the Utes. But yeah. before we get into that, let's talk some Utah Jazz, Summer League, and NBA, and basketball in general with our good friend Eric Walden from the Salt Lake Tribune. And, Eric, my first question to you is, have you found a desk or a doorway to hide under when the next uh, quake hits?
2: (laughs) You know, I'm uh, sitting in the media room at the Thomas and Mack Center. Tables, as far as the eye can see, so hopefully uh, I'll be be perfectly safe the second time around. It should have come to that. Was uh,
1: that a pretty bizarre thing that went down yesterday? (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It, it took us a few seconds to realize exactly what was going on. Uh, they had announced on the uh, intercom with the loudspeakers that Zion uh, was not going to be playing. There were a lot of, for the remainder of the game, there were a lot of people headed for the exit. We started to uh, kind of feel this, you know, a little bit of movement going on, and we thought at first it was just like this mass exodus of of. Zion fans, <laughs> okay. and then all of a sudden the ground <laughs> starts swaying, and you're like, "Okay, nope, this is a something a little bit more serious." It was uh, it was my first earthquake experience, and it was it was a little bit freaky. I have to admit, I.
0: Speaking as a guy who grew up in Utah and didn't have his first earthquake experience till he was almost twenty years old, I can, <laughs> I can vouch. I'm with you, Eric. It's very unnerving when stuff like that goes down. It's your first experience with yeah, it.
2: Yeah, especially because there were a few of us. There were a few from the local media contingent. We're sitting near the top of uh, the Thomas and Mack Center, oh, just yeah. up in the stands, watching watching the game. And yeah, once that movement starts going, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't like this. Uh,
1: So uh, after that hits, some news hits, and that's Kawhi Leonard, and he has facilitated a trade somehow as a player in this league, but he's uh, bringing Paul George with him to uh, the Clippers. What was the reaction of yourself and maybe some other people that you were talking to about that news?
2: You you know, it's funny. So, again, uh, a group of us from uh, the Salt Lake City media contingent were having dinner together. We were at a Korean barbecue restaurant. And all of a sudden, you know, everyone is kind of intermittently checking their phones just to, you know, see if something's going on. And then all of a sudden the first person who's, who gets it is like, Oh my God, Kawhi is going to the Clippers. And it's just like, you've never seen like a whole restaurant of people grab their phones simultaneously so fast before. Uh, It was just kind of insane. And then, uh, I was actually the first one of the group to see the news that Paul George was coming along as well, and it, it was just kind of the restaurant that night was was just kind of anarchy. People, uh, <laughs> people, just trying to figure out what was going on, make sense of of how this all unfolded. It was uh, it was quite a night. I mean, this was a little. I wonder, what what time did this happen exactly? I want to say it was around eleven or twelve mm-hmm. Pacific time here yeah. in Vegas. And uh, yeah, just an incredible buzz of energy circulating through the room at that point.
0: Yeah, I so was there like a mass exodus of different other media that have to actually cover it, leaving the restaurant, scrambling out to go get
2: their laptops. There, there were a few. Uh, we were hanging out with Kyle Goon, a okay. former trophy yeah. writer who now who now covers the Lakers and the Clippers for the Southern California News Group. He had to uh, <laughs> he had to throw some money. He's like. I don't know how much I owe you guys. I got to go. Yeah, I got to get out of here. There were a few of those. The rest of us just kind of were able to kind of sit around and and discuss the ramifications of what happened and just kind of the craziness of how that unfolded. You know, we've been hearing for the last week or two, everyone kind of expected, you know, there were a lot of people predicting the Lakers. There were a lot of people predicting he'd stay with the Raptors. Really, I don't think too many people saw the Clippers as being a viable candidate. And so for Kawhi to choose them and for them to uh, go out and grab Paul George in order to facilitate the thing happening, it really just kind of came out of left field for a lot of people.
0: I, I've i been talking to some different people today, Eric, after that whole thing went down. And I felt like when with the long rumors of Kawhi, his preferred destination was the Clippers. We heard that for months, if not years at this point. And then I felt like all of a sudden the Clippers were relegated to an afterthought for a week or two here. Do you feel like it was almost like a smokescreen put out to cover what was going on?
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. And that's the thing. It's like so many of these reports that we saw from national media members or L.A. media members, you know, claiming to – you know, have some insight into what way he was leaning or what his thought process was clearly he and his group kept what was happening tightly on lockdown. You know, we've seen some of the reports that came out today that, uh, you know, he reached out to Kevin Durant right before it all happened that uh, when he met with the Clippers, he said, if you can find a way to get me a second star, you know, I'm, I'm coming to you guys. And so, just the ability of he and his team to really kind of keep that under such wraps is incredible. I mean, when do we see that in the NBA anymore? It's like, it really, I mean, as you mentioned, yeah, for, for the entire season, we knew the Clippers were interested. We heard there was maybe mutual interest. And then once free agency hit, you know, everyone, yeah, kind of forgot that the Clippers were, were, kind of an option there. I think people thought, well, you know, what's their ability to land a second star to team with him? And certainly nobody foresaw this hall of picks that they would wind up surrendering to Oklahoma City in order to get Paul George. And frankly, who in their right mind would consider Paul George an option in mm-hmm. the first place? Who saw that he was going to be demanding a trade to go to Los Angeles? You know, everyone kind of figured... He got that out of his system. He had the opportunity to go to L.A. the previous summer and immediately re-signed with OKC. So, yeah, just an incredible job by everyone involved in that to keep it under wraps and not let it get out.
1: Eric Walden, Salt Lake uh, Tribune, jazz beat writer on on the road in Las Vegas covering the team for the NBA Summer League. Eric, where do you think this places the jazz in the power structure now in the Western Conference and in the league?
2: You know, the Jazz themselves have had a really incredible summer. They're Mm -hmm. right. They certainly have made uh, progress over where they were last year. You'd have to think they're a top one, two, three team in the West right now. You know, the addition of Mike Conley, which was finally officially announced this morning, is going to be big. He's he's a great offensive talent. He still uh, can get it done on the defensive end. Uh, when they'll add Boyan Boganovich, that'll help with the four spacing. Jeff Green is a pro-pro. You know, there's some scoring, whether he winds up starting at the four or he comes off the bench. We're not sure yet, but he's shown the ability along to get it done. Emmanuel Moutier is an intriguing prospect as, as some point guard depth. Um, yeah, the Jazz and their fan base have every reason to be encouraged by what they've done this summer.
0: Uh, Speaking of guys on the court right now with the NBA Summer League going on, have any one of the Jazz draft picks, a guy like Willie Reed maybe, stood out to you so far?
2: You know, so of the guys who stood out, basically what we've been looking at with this team has been the development of third-year center Tony Bradley, who's just been incredible. Uh, And he was again today in their game against the Oklahoma City Thunder Uh, just continues to do pretty much whatever he wants down low. Willie Reed struggled a little bit today. Uh, Beyond that, we've kind of been taking a look at what the three second-round picks of theirs have been doing. Uh, In today's game, uh, the wing out of Yale, Mie Oney, was definitely the best one. He shot the ball really well. Uh, He went 5-7 for overall, uh, scored 14 points. Really smooth out there. Really seems like he's coming into his own on the court. Uh, The other two guys, Jarrell Brantley, Justin Wright Foreman, struggled a little bit today. It took Jarrell a long time to really kind of find any flow to the game. Both he and JWF did not shoot the ball very well at all today. Uh, Kind of a rough day for them.
1: I want to ask you about Tony Bradley, Eric. Um, he has been very—he has played very well the last couple of games. I sort of thought he struggled in that first game of Salt Lake City Summer League against Ivan Rabb, a guy who plays a lot of NBA minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so I kind of was matching them up against each other because Tony's trying to get on the court for the for the Jazz. Where do you think he matches up against guys who are actual NBA talent as opposed to some of the guys he's been playing lately?
2: Yeah, so that's, that's the thing that people need to keep in mind as they see these numbers that he's continuing to put up during summer league play, is that he's going up against guys who are fringe NBA roster guys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I would encourage people not to read too much into these numbers. Um, that said, he's going to get an honest look at uh, the third center spot that FA Udo had last year. They're not expected to bring Fa back and, um, you know, given that role, you know, he can find a place on this team. Mm-hmm. He mentioned to us that he's put in a lot of work this summer on his body. He said he feels powerful. He feels a lot stronger. He's also dropped about 10 to 12 pounds, he said. So you can see him moving a little more quickly out there. Um, he still has some definite limitations to his game. You know, he, he, it's probably a good thing that the Jazz added at Davis a guy who I neglected to mention earlier among their off-season hall. Because I think if you were counting on Tony to play backup minutes, you know, 15 to 20 backup minutes every game, you're probably going to be in some trouble there just because, you know, he does still have holes in the game. He is still the youngest guy on this team, uh, despite being a third-year player. But, you know, you throw him out there for – five or ten minutes every few games against you know, someone else's bench unit. And I think you'll see him with the ability to, uh, you know, at the very least rebound and be a little bit of a shot dissuader at the rim. Talking with
0: Eric Walden from the Salt Lake Tribune here on the Zone Sports Network. Eric, Eric Mie Oni is a curious story to me because I read about it as a freshman in high school who was 5'9", 140 pounds. As a junior, he shoots up. Uh, he hates a knee injury as a junior, and then he shoots up to being a, a six foot four and then 180 pounds by the time he was a senior. I think he kind of strikes me as one of those late bloomer type of prospects. That the Jazz are taking an opportunity to see if he really develops and can become a premier wing for them down the road.
2: Yeah, he definitely gives off that vibe. That's, that's an excellent announcement on your part. Just watching him out on the court, there. You know, his body has really filled out. He's 6'5", and about 200, 205 now. He's muscular. He's athletic. He's got a smoothness in the way he moves around the court. Uh, He definitely has the body of an NBA athlete. The question now will become how consistently can he kind of take in the fundamentals that they're trying to teach? Uh, You know, he hasn't always shot the ball the best, but we saw some progress there today see how well he can adapt on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, That's really where he has a chance to maybe contribute early on if he gets a chance. But yeah, he's definitely an intriguing guy in that he does seem to have kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, when's the last time you heard of an NBA player coming out of Yale? You know, (laughs) it just doesn't happen very often, but he's got the body. And uh, obviously if he can go to Yale, you would assume he's got the intelligence to kind of figure things out. So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He'll probably, you know, get a lot of time with the Stars this year. I doubt we'll see him on the Jazz too much. But he is a guy who could warrant an occasional call-up depending on the injury situation or things like that.
1: Well Erica, uh, we appreciate your time uh, this afternoon making a little a couple minutes for us on the show and uh, hopefully tonight's a little less eventful when you're out for dinner and you can just enjoy a night after the summer
2: league Yeah I, I think I'm done with all the aftershocks. I'm ready for <laughs> you know just the regular normalcy that you get in the Las Vegas right
1: yeah super normal lots of normalcy yep. going on there so uh, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate the time. have a great day.
2: All right, thanks guys. Have a good one. Thank you.
1: Uh Eric Walden there with the Solid Tribune. Good friend of the station. Uh he's yeah. been coming on a little bit more lately. He does a great mm-hmm. job. We have a lot of great beat writers in this uh city. So, uh both Eric's Woodyard and Walden, Annie Larson and Tony Jones do a great job as well. So, uh we're we're lucky to have some great writers around covering the jazz.
0: Yeah. So, it's great to catch up with him. Some great thoughts there and I am intrigued with a guy like Mieone. If he if, Okay, of
1: the four guys that we yeah. talked about mostly, Bradley Oney, Wright Foreman, and Brantley. Okay. Who gets the most games with the Jazz? Not necessarily plays, but who gets to sit the bench the most.
0: You're talking, So you're talking about being They're on, the, on, a roster. on the roster this coming season? Yeah, yeah.
1: Out of those four? Or even with, if you can throw projecting maybe some guys have to sit out with a, some injuries.
0: And you're talking about, okay, let me get this straight. So are they on the roster or do they actually play in games? Are we, which on one? the roster. On the roster, Tony Bradley. Okay. Because he's on the active roster, period. But I think in terms of actual game action, I'm going to go with a tie between Jarrell Brantley and... Okay, who
1: gets the most... Who do we see the most emails with? Most emails? Oh, up and down? Between Stars and Jazz. Tony who, Bradley. That was Tony Bradley last year. That's him this year, I think, again. You think it's him again.
0: Okay. I maybe, maybe a few less, because... I could see a guy like Amie ending up as a Stars player outright and getting right. a call-up. I could see Jarrell Brantley being a two-way player. I could see Justin Wright Foreman being a two-way player. All three of those second-round picks are candidates for those two-way jobs, but also, they still have roster slots to fill here, Adrian. Yep. So maybe one or two of these guys does, just depending how things play out with the rest of NBA free agency, they end up with a roster slot because the Jazz need to fill that bench out. And that's not to say that they're scraping bottom barrel. It's just that's the reality of how the NBA goes sometimes. With, oh, yeah. With salaries and everything, you have to just deal with it. So, I would say in terms of the most emails, I'm going to go with Jarrell Brantley. Because it was daily. Oh, yeah. Tony Bradley with the
1: Stars. Tony Bradley recalled I'm, for the Utah Jazz. My
0: favorite part was half of them were he was going down to practice with the Stars yeah, and getting they, called right back Right, up. but they have to announce it so yes. he would go
1: on like a Jazz game day. He'd go practice with the Stars and then get recalled. And then he's sitting on the bench yeah.
0: that night with the Jazz. it, it, it it's kind of funny how that plays out, but you're right. I, Better than an old Timor Plyce who
1: had to get on a plane every oh day. gosh, yeah. And fly to Boise and back. It's nice to have the team 10 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, definitely. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to wrap things up, including the preview of the Movie Zone with our most responses ever on our Movie Zone poll question. That's all coming up next here on The Saturday Show. Wrapping things up here on the Saturday Show. Big thanks to everyone listening. Big thanks to Eric Walden and David Locke who made some time for us today. Or as Scotty would say, thank you for taking a moment of our time to those two. you have a phone call from Scotty
0: all of a sudden? Like You better check your phone.
1: No, he he owes me big time. So.
0: Oh, he does owe you big time?
1: I did a big favor for him yesterday.
0: Oh, okay. Good I, on you. Yeah. It's always, good so, have, it's always good to have the boss in your back pocket. Right.
1: So uh well it wasn't a big favor, it was just a odd favor. Oh, nothing okay. nothing below board. I was gonna say I was like I just had to go pick him up something. Oh, like okay. I was a messenger. So kinda like where the one time Lloyd he made Lloyd go get his dry cleaning. Oh, <laughs> something very similar. So, I do remember that. Anyway, uh <laughs> so anyway, that was funny yesterday on the show. After they berated me for like an hour. Because <laughs> I got okay, you can make fun of me too. I went to R and R and I just got like a chicken strip basket the hell is wrong with That's you? That's what they said. But I was in it for the sauce, okay? I don't... Kate! And here's my thinking. I wanted Hires, but Hires wasn't open. And Kate. I wanted the chicken strips from
0: Hires, so I was oh just my. in the mood. Are you a chicken strip... Love chicken. Kate, okay. you and my wife. My wife goes anywhere. What Can we get chicken strips? And I just look at her and I'm like, seriously? Can we get something else? Like, I should go, I'm going to take your wife out for you, chicken strips. That sounds very awkward. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> still trying to piece this together. Like, So you went to R&R and r Just here. It was in the arena. Okay, but still. They have like brisket tacos, brisket. Um, That's what I want. I was in the mood for it. They have what? Uh, you go someplace f- w- that has chicken strips. I tried, the, uh, and they
2: weren't
1: <laughs>
0: open. It's like going to McDonald's and getting a salad. Hey, lots of
1: people go to McDonald's for salad. To pretend, Actually. To pretend they're out.
0: I'm not going to lie. I had a salad from McDonald's last week.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's why they were Go making fun of me, me in a <laughs> True. I admit that it wasn't, like, the greatest thing, but that's what I was in the mood for.
0: But you picked R&R to do it? Well, I had, like, a, a coupon and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I respect it. Thanks, man. I respect it, but I, I completely get why you were getting roasted. Absolutely. The sauce
1: is delicious. I went with the, well, uh, the spicy barbecue.
0: They have great sauce at R&R. Don't get me wrong, but you can't, like... You're gonna go to a barbecue place, actually get something that's actually barbecue. All right, we're
1: out of time. We're out of time. Big thanks to Alex behind the glass. Beck and white for the movie zone. i uh, see coming you guys. Up next, for Jake Catch, for Alex Lundenberg, I'm Adrian Leiser. Stay tuned, Movie Zone with Austin and myself up next here on the Zone Sports Network.